1: Got to warn you, gang, we are going to be coming in So hot. hot so hot. So because hot. Because we were just doing some uh, some preparation for a future podcast, which involved us finding a uh, a song that is not readily available. <laughs> no. It's not by a band that a lot of you are going to know. A few of you will, mm-hmm. um, but most of you are not going to know them. Executive producer
2: one Cassie of, Moore-Reed would know that. Will definitely know. But I had
1: the file. On my computer. However, it was purchased from iTunes, 17 email addresses, and I could not get it to unlock. However, Rob, IT Magnet of the show, uh-huh, uh-huh. found a zip file. And we just hit this record. We hit a, a big old hot line of this record right before we started recording this. So we are jazzed up on music energy. And baby, I gotta tell you, if we're still alive when this comes out, <laughs> man, you guys are gonna be excited too. But that's not the song we're doing no. today. No, we're doing a different song mm-hmm. today. And because time is no longer, time's a flat circle now. It's no longer the contract that it construct that it used mm-hmm. to be. I think. That by the time you are hearing this, this artist will have a new record out. It will probably be sweeping the country. You'll be like, I hope they're talking about something from that record. And we definitely are not going to. Because I live by, again, I talked about last time, I live by a few simple rules. One of those rules is I will not serve any song before it's time. John Prine taught me that. And that means that I do not listen to singles before the record is ready. Just don't do it anymore. No, we'll not. We'll not do it. If I know there's an artist that is going to put out a record that I'm going to want to listen to, I will ignore every single until that record is finally released. I don't care how much Spotify tells me, did you know this thing? And if I click on that thing and it's got the same name for the song as it does the record and there's just one of them in the list that ain't happening. I want them all in one fell swoop. I want to consume it all at one time, but that being said, this is definitely an artist that we know very well here on this podcast. Yes. Um, and in our real lives. Um, so singer from, or He's a singer now. Back then, when I first knew him, he was a guitar player in a band called Young Country, mm. featuring Amanda Brewer on vocals. Wow. And, uh, and they would sometimes come to play at my high school. And then later in life, I saw him sitting in with the planet's best person, Barry Billings, and the iguana party Hell yes. at La Fonda. Um, and then I bumped to him, and bumped into him in Nashville one time outside of a Neil Young concert, and I said, "Hey, there's that guy with the hat that plays with Barry. What's his name?" Ah, shit, 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 shit. Oh yeah, his name's just like you, my cousin. His name's Jason, pronounced Isbel. That's Jason Isbel. We will be tackling today. Is this the first time we've done that on this podcast?
2: We have done <clears throat> two Drive By Trucker songs, both cool. Neither of his though. No, both both Cooley. Uh, uh, sang uh, uh DBT songs, but I Isbel was, you know, technically on those songs, but no. These these are Or is, was he?
1: Were definitely were they both from Southern Rock Opera?
2: Uh we did we did Zip City and Women Without Whiskey.
1: So no. No.
2: Yeah, neither He was not on
1: those songs. So the, wow, we got through fourteen episodes without doing an Isbel song, ladies and gentlemen. We care about our audience. We try to <laughs> not be self-indulgent. We've done two and, and a half five songs. Yeah, I mean that's a. I'm not saying that uh, that you guys shouldn't love Jason Isbel. What I'm saying is, the fact that we're not just ramming it down your throats shows an incredible, incredible reservation. By us, Sean. How the fuck did you get into this guy? Oh yeah, it was me.
2: Yeah, it was you. Uh, you know, I, I already knew. Uh, I already knew of the Drive By Truckers, and I, I, I loved uh, Southern rock opera. <clears throat> um, but it really took meeting you in college to uh, really gain a whole appreciation uh, to celebrate their entire catalog. And if it weren't for sitting next to you and being in constant contact and uh, uh, Survey Monkey and Mailchimp with you um <laughs> that's a email marketing joke um <laughs> if, if, if you couple a couple of business boys just cutting it up if, Ta- talking shot if it weren't for being in constant contact with you o- low these last 15 years um it's uh i would not have known when brighter than creations dark was released i wouldn't have seen them live you know half the times i've i've, I've seen them i wouldn't you know, I wouldn't have seen Jason Isbell, you know, half the times I've seen him. So, uh, it really is, um, yeah, hey man, it's all because of you. I love you, buddy. You
1: talk about a career um, that is, for me, it's it's incredibly crazy for me because I literally did. I didn't grow up with this, but yeah. I don't want to overstate Isbell and I's relationship. Well, like we are acquaintances. We, we did we are, see
2: to To kind of to kind of marry the two things that we've talked about so far, we were at a Sons of Roswell show at the Smokehouse in Florence, and yes, we were. during uh, <clears throat> during intermission, I guess uh, I think it was it was either Jay or Chris James was noodling around on, on a, on a bass and started playing the Psycho Killer Talking Heads bass line. And then some chubby asshole pushes past all of us and gets shot, just a shot blast past. Gets us. up on the stage, like bumps shoulders. And I'm like, I, everybody you know is an asshole, Hankins. And like gets up on there. And it's, and it's, it's some guy that I, I guess I kind of recognize. I don't know. And you're like, oh, that's Jason Isbell. I'm like, the, the fucking guy from the truckers. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And then like yeah. afterward, when we were <laughs> not backstage, but like literally in the back of the building smoking c- cigarettes, um, we, uh, we we're talking to the band cause you know, you were friends with all of them. And we, you know, I tagged along and be, and became acquaintances with them. And Isbel came out and just talked to you, remembered your name, talked to you like, you know, talked about La Fonda, the Mexican restaurant that you talked about. Like it was, it was very cool. We I
1: mean, were dudes that saw each other all the time and we knew each other through Barry and sort of Barry is, is the great touchstone in muscle soul music. Now, like he is, if you are okayed by Barry, then that means you're good people. Can
2: I... And so... You, you know what I'm, I have to ask you to do?
1: Can, you, want me, you want me to tell the thumb story? Yes,
2: yes, please. Tell the thumb story.
1: Fuck yeah. It's our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want to. So, <laughs> all right. I came of age in the back room of a Mexican restaurant called La Fonda. Huge La place. La Fonda. Giant place. It's massive. It, massive it, place. An acre
2: if it's an inch.
1: Yeah. Um... It is by far the worst Mexican restaurant that ever existed anywhere. So bad. Um, We would order a cheese dip and maybe some wings and then giant mason jars full of Long Island iced tea Mm -hmm. and Modelo Mm Especiales. And we would sit there from, you know, nine o'clock until two in the morning listening to Iguana Party, which was a cover band. Um, with Barry Billings. Barry played, played a guitar. mean cabin down below. Um, oh, fuck yeah. And I mean, they just pounded out the hits. And we all took guitar lessons from Barry, so he knew us. And he was—he he's the most open and accommodating great guitar player you'll ever meet because he likes nothing more than for you to come and sit in. Yeah. And that's what Isbel was doing. He was coming, he was sitting in. And, um, you know, it's the kind of place where people drink. You could smoke in there. It was great. It was just a great place. And I'll, it's one of the things. You could start a it chain of, the of most, fools. You could start a chain of fools, which meant when chain of fools came on, people got up <coughs> on the chain and just paraded around the restaurant. <laughs> and it is one of the most influential places in my life. Like there's yeah. I would not be the person I am today without that environment. Just sight unseen as it were, pushes glasses up. Um, <laughs> just you you can't, I can't separate my life from where it is right now to being in that room yeah. with those people. And you would see, you know, you'd see people drift through that maybe used to play around the area um, or cats that were trying to make it then. It was just the coolest place on earth. And we did this virtually every Saturday night for, for multiple years. And even when I had moved away, I would come back home to go to La Fonda. Yeah. So, some nights, the people would get a little too rambunctious, and um, Barry had a second band that would play sometimes, and John was the drummer in this band, and John was just a dreamboat. Mm-hmm. Just an absolute dreamboat. Just curly hair. A real Fabio. Great, a real fox back there banging him skins, and he was nice and personable, and he was excellent. And he had a girlfriend that was his equal in excellence. Um But he was dreamy. He was very dreamy. And one night, some lady got a a few too many in her and started making eyes a little too long at this handsome drummer. And his girlfriend politely told her, Hey, bitch. Hey, I get it. I know he's dreamboat. I get it. I get it. So I'm going to pause the story right there. Pause that story. That's where we're going to leave it for a moment. Because now I need to talk about Barry Billings. (laughs) Barry is soft-spoken. He is a man of extreme faith and ethics, and I've never heard him say a bad word about someone. And if he had to tell you a story about someone that had done something poorly, he talked about as we say the sin and not the sinner. Um, just like he's just ready to
2: give everybody the benefit of the doubt
1: absolutely and and has given everybody a chance that he can give just the absolute salt of the earth and when i say he's the best person on the planet i'm not joking no, he might he be yeah. the best person on. The planet. i haven't
2: checked the standings in a while but uh last time i checked he was numero uno. still
1: number number one and um i got close with barry's kids we knew his family we were we are family barry barry is, is my family to this to this day um christmas night is spent wherever Barry is playing guitar with Barry. So we're, we're family. Um, but we used to tease his son about like, Hey man, what is it like when you get in trouble? Because I've heard tale of uncle Barry's talks Mm -hmm. because if, if they might've had a a cousin who was rambunctious, his Barry's sister would be like, all right, I'm gonna get you uncle Barry to talk to you. And I'm like, Oh shit, does Barry like, go nuts like he <laughs> like he's super cool but like if you if you get sideways he goes ham and his son says it's probably about what you think he just sits you down and he's like well you know uh I, I know it's fun to do a lot of that stuff that you're doing but uh it ain't gonna get you nowhere and you, you just can't keep on doing that stuff <laughs> And that was the extent of his rage, but because he was so good. Like
2: I don't even curse in front of Barry. Barry And that's a straight shoot. Barry kind of looks like Wayne Coyne from the fucking flaming lips.
1: Yeah, uh, and also young Tom Waits
2: yeah. has a has a Barry vibe too. He um, he also no, doesn't not look like Bob Dylan from the from the Connection to My Heart video if you took out. Also
1: true. Also true. And so here's Uncle Barry playing his guitar. His drummer's girlfriend has now locked up. This is a full-on two Alabama women throwing down in the Mexican restaurant, locked in. They have grabbed each other's hair so tight, and they are swinging. Cigarettes are being flicked. It is a fracas. And we didn't get a lot of fracases there. Mm -mm. And so we're all kind of like scrambling along, like, what do you do? I don't want to break this up because I want to see it. Well, then I see Barry Billings calmly puts his guitar down, He goes into what looks like a cartoon fight. Like it's just a tornado swirling. And every so often you You just see
2: arms and and feet. Yeah.
1: He goes into this madness. And in 10 seconds, the two women are separated. And they are in their separate corners. And cooler heads are now prevailing. And then they go back to playing their set. Well, at the end of the show, I'm like, Barry, what? How did you do that? They were killing each other. He says, well... Somebody told me a long time ago, if somebody's got your thumb, you got to go wherever it goes. <laughs> so I just looked in there and I got me a couple of thumbs and just pulled them apart.
2: He goes into this tornado of women and grabs one thumb from each of them and just pulls them apart. It
1: just, and I mean, it, he doesn't, there's no force. No. There's no force involved. It was a Qua Chang Kang fucking Kung Fu the Legend Continues <laughs> shit. He just <laughs> reached in got two thumbs out of a swirling tempest and just separated these two young ladies. That is Barry Billings. And that is the place where we, where I came to know Jason Isbell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the truckers. And I would, I remember telling Isbell when I, after I'd heard decoration, Dan, I said, do you Jesus. just not write a bad one? Yeah. <laughs> and quite frankly, he has not written too many bad ones
2: what's since then what's remarkable about jason isbell is i've never known a person who quits drinking and becomes a better country songwriter <laughs> it's the strangest <laughs> who somebody strangest who goes thing. from just a fat alcoholic to being completely sober. Who was problematic? Not looking, not like, looking I mean, down like, on on those who drink, but just like recognizing like, what's best for him.
1: Past the drinking, he was he had a real problem. He
2: got kicked out of the truckers. He married the bassist who like was got, an asshole to yeah. her. They got divorced. He got and, kicked
1: out of the band. She used to shoot his pistol out of the loft he lived in. Yeah. Into car windows. Down, like, he was a real problem. Like, he was... He was going down the... He was going to die. There's just no getting around it. He was going to die. Now
2: he is one of, if not the most celebrated American songwriter of the past five years. He has a, an incredible wife, a beautiful child. Um, his wife, of course, who has her own awesome band, the Highway Women.
1: Well, that that's a super group. Amanda Shires has her own stuff. And then three other, um, three other very talented women came together to make a record that was so good that I felt like I was eavesdropping for listening to it. I was like, you know what, ladies? <laughs> this is y'all's. This is y'all's. I don't have any place here. Like, this is not, I should get away from this. This is too good for me to be around. I feel like this is y'all's time. I'm going to let y'all have this. I'll come to this later after everybody else has had their fill yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just too good for me to be here right now. So but it is an amazing turnaround. Um, and the songwriting, like, it, not only did it not fall off, it did improve, which is the terrifying.
2: Roof. And that's... like
1: you think of, think of outfit, mm-hmm. and how great outfit is. Outfit's very fucking good. And he's written fifteen songs better than that G- since then. Goddamn lonely
2: love, outfit, TVA. Fuck man, like these are all songs that he wrote before. I'm well. I don't know. TVA may have been. Was he sober when he was with the four hundred oh, no. unit? No, 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 no. TVA is a drive-by trucker song. Okay. Okay,
1: got it. TVA didn't make Dirty South.
2: Is Alabama Pines is that a sober song? Alabama Pines is still drinking. It's nuts. It is nuts. So, Hankins tell us how tell us uh, how he quit drinking and and who maybe helped him get into rehab.
1: <laughs> well, it's a funny funny old tale that I believe so uh, this sentence that I'm about to say is crazy in its own right. It's nuts. I think the story comes from his appearance on the Mark Maron podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's how far up the chain he got. Um, but the story goes, he had, he had, you know, he'd go on a bender, say he needed to get help. And his wife would be like, okay. And, you know, things would settle down. Things would be okay. And then one night, he does it again, and she says, okay, I told you the next time you said that, we were going to do it for real. Mm -hmm. And so, in order to facilitate the doing of this, she gets on the phone and calls Ryan Adams. (laughs)
2: Ryan Adams. Heartbreaker,
1: gold, whiskey town, Ryan
2: Adams. yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Ryan Adams, who at the time was in a... He, I don't think he was married, but he was in a long-term relationship with Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore! Of Candy. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is Us. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, so,
1: because they have a relationship and it is is—it is part of that They lean on that relationship and luckily... You know, Jason follows through and cleans up and just turns out Southeastern happens and the world now knows what I know. Yeah. That he doesn't write a
2: bad one. Yeah. Southeastern, of course, has um, elephant on there. It's it's nine depressing songs and or nine down tempo songs. And the only up tempo song is uh, being scared about dying, uh, drinking yourself to death in a motel. Eight. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: And, you know, uh, I don't know. There's certainly not a better love song than Romeo and Juliet, but there's certainly, um, if anything after that wanted to contend for the title,
2: cover me up, cover me up. a motherfucker. Yeah. It is an absolute beast. Cover me up is so deeply personal to him and his wife, who he, the woman he wrote the song about, that he refuses to dedicate, like, people will, like, <laughs> literally every show, either if yeah. they see him, go up to him or write into the website or whatever, please, 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 I will do whatever, like, if you will dedicate the song, you know, from me to my wife. He's like, I don't do it. It's hers. Nope. It's my wife's song. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm, I'll, I'll
1: tell the story about how you asked me to do this. Yeah. But when it comes to the part of doing the dedicating. I'm going to say it's for my wife, because y'all ain't finna fuck me up at home. Yeah. Um, so, But that
2: is not the song we're talking no. about either. We're not doing the one where he, the devastating song he talks about with a friend with cancer called Elephant. Mm-mm. We're not talking about a song which literally makes me cry every time I hear the second verse. And I don't know why, because it's not a super sad song flying over water. What are we talking now, about, Hankins?
1: We're going to talk about a song that I immediately, when I heard it, I knew that it was real. I knew that it was based around real events, but I didn't know whose events they were because sometimes, you know, like there are things, Isbel well, sings about that. I do know, you know, like I, I have some personal knowledge of what might've been going on in his life or, you know, who the principal parties might be. Um, the first time I heard um, for a band I love, I knew immediately that was about Centromatic and I can't listen to that song too many times in a year because it is just an incredible ripping of my heart because while heartbreak is one thing, um, to sing about your band breaking up or a band you love breaking up is a completely other thing and that's a wound that is still incredibly fresh. Um, It was Isbel that introduced me to Will Johnson, who is the lead singer of Centromatic, who is a band that I don't know if anything is more personal to me than that band because I distinctly remember you saw that band in somebody's basement time. or some shit <laughs> in somebody's house. Yeah, I saw it when Will's was doing the house show, uh, the house show tour, goodbye. the living room tour. Um, but I distinctly remember the first time I ever heard Centromatic. I was in a car with my girlfriend at the time, and I this song just rips me in two, and I'm like, "What is this?" And she says, "It's Centromatic. and I said, "Okay, I got to get out of this car." Because I, I, I'm in a weird state right now. This song has done something to me. But I can tell you one something, lady. I'll marry you and put two kids in you. Um, so, all that to say this. We're doing a song about Ryan Adams' breakup with Mandy Moore.
2: 22 minutes in. <laughs> Buckle up, gentlemen. It's going to be... And gentle ladies. It's going to be a long one. Um... Yeah, this song is you know you you identified this immediately and w- was this a was this a single off the Nashville Sound? Ah, again, I don't fool with singles. Cuz this is <laughs> I don't know. Cuz this is Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is definitely is it's, it's definitely on Nashville Sound. So
2: um, um so it is a it's a perfect fucking song first of all. We wouldn't be doing it if if uh if it weren't but um,
1: it's... And it was a
2: fun, it was a fun mystery game
1: for me to try to figure out who it was about. And the story was blown open by someone sending me a screenshot of Mandy Moore's Instagram oh, yeah. because this person just happened to follow them. And it was of her listening to the song. Oh shit. And it finally it blew it open. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. And then this thing made sense. And this thing made sense. And this so, thing made sense. So,
2: uh, and I, I still haven't really figured it out because, like, Jason Isbell, but for all intents and purposes, is probably friends with both of them.
1: Absolutely, he is absolutely friends with.
2: Like, them. he didn't take sides. He's pre- he's still friends with both of them. But it's like so brutally like rubbing Ryan Adams' face. And again, Ryan Adams has fallen on onto like he's made his own fucking mistakes, like the sending Twitter DMs to a fourteen-year-old girl. Uh, that sound a lo- awful lot like grooming, like an episode of To Catch a Predator. Um, you know, he's had his own run-ins with, uh, you know, posting random shit while high on hash, like to his website. Like the the guy's and, not, you
1: know, a guy who is who has been known to be
2: difficult to get along with.
1: Just a, sure. you know, just a uh, rough around the edges. Sure, just, just rough.
2: Um, but like, it just seems like he's he was just rubbing Ryan Adams' face in the breakup.
1: Well, when you said he didn't take sides, I don't know that he's not taking a side. Yeah. Um, It certainly feels like he's taking a side um, because it is very clear who this is pointed at. Yeah. Um, It's very clear who he believes might have been at least the aggressor in
2: this thing so chaos and clothes came out and uh, the national sound came out in 2017 when did this is another thing to erase from my google search history later when did ryan adams and mandy moore bring up so they finalized their divorce they were married i guess in 2016 so it just, it just seems weird, like, I get it, like, you know, you write a song, you have to produce an album, there's gonna be a year span in there, but it's like, it just seems weird to, like, release a song about it, like, a year to 18 months later. <laughs> it's like, man, I just started feeling better <laughs> about this, dog. Like, you know, I
1: just got me too'd. <laughs> Well he hadn't been Me too yet.
2: Oh he had the Me Too had had okay. not
1: happened yet. So when not you say this came out in twenty seventeen?
2: Yeah, it was released in twenty seventeen.
1: I mean well, I mean if Isbo can put one out, Adams put out Prisoner, which the whole thing is just Mandy Moore. Yeah. I mean it starts with Do You Still Love Me? So um it was it was in the air at the time and I mean that's a a, a big chunk of I mean, you know what? If you fucking break up with a girl and I can write a song about it, I'm not gonna wait. I'm not going to wait for the wound to heal, baby. I got to cash these chicks.
2: Oof. Man, they were married for eight years. Yeah. Maybe he was just mad at him for doing that Taylor Swift record. <laughs> Ryan Adams told Mandy Moore, you're not a real musician because you don't play an instrument.
1: See? See? Look. Art from the artist here, guys. I love Ryan Adams. Fuck. Love him. But... Not a chance in hell would I ever want to meet Ryan Adams. No, no, I no. can't imagine a world where I don't punch him in the face. Uh-oh. Just cannot imagine it. I don't give a fuck how great Wind Mil- & Will is. Mm-hmm. You're going to eat one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: right. Let's. Uh, do you mind if we get into it?
1: Let's go. Shit.
2: Minute 26. Uh, <clears throat> it is. This is one of the hardest songs to not sing. As well,
1: it, at, I couldn't imagine. If you get a sing song in here, you're not going to get any pushback from me. Because it is. I couldn't imagine.
2: The ground was wet. The sky was dark. <laughs> you took her bet. And she <laughs> took your heart. Wrapped it around an oak tree like you did that 67 GTO. Oh, no. I mean, that's just straight up biography. <laughs> like starting out. Hey, remember <laughs> that time you fucking wrapped a classic... <laughs> High performance <laughs> automobile around a fucking oak tree. Dicking
1: around. That's basically
2: what you did with with uh, either the bet and or your heart. Um, Lovers leave chaos and clothes in quiet corners where you rarely mm. ever go. One day you find mm-hmm. proof. That, that
1: that is that's a line that fits obviously whatever story he's telling, but that is a great line in general.
2: It's so fucking good. Um, like I I found you know we we talked about this during the uh, tambourine and tie up ep- episode. Um, you know, like recently went through a breakup, recently found something, something of hers around the house. And it's just like, fuck. Well, uh, that was just a well-placed item because it's almost like you knew I wasn't going to be there for six weeks and it was a fucking ticking time bomb. Found a
1: necklace in a bag once. Dug around, fished around in there on a particularly lonely night pull out this necklace and i said you gotta be fucking shitting.
2: yeah man you
1: gotta be like i didn't even, it was the the initial reaction was not oh nostalgia sadness no the initial reaction was fury because i knew the rest of it was coming Still i hadn't thrown it away
2: i i looked in my rearview mirror <clears throat> um uh you know we we're not driving that much these days because of the uh, uh stay at home order not in georgia um but we uh you know, there was a, a time where my, <laughs> an ex and I were in the back seat, and she, like, spelled my name in, like, in the condensation that was on the on the thing, and I, like, wrote her initials. It's all very stupid. It's a very stupid thing. I wish I didn't just say that, but, like, I saw it. Like, you know, that it happened, forgot about it a couple, you know, months later. And then you see that, and you're you like, the well, hospital. I'm getting some goddamn windows. You should have went to
1: the hospital. <laughs>
2: you should have just went to the hospital. You needed medical. I would have needed medical. <sighs> oh Jesus Christ! Lovers leave chaos and clothes in quiet corners where you rarely ever go.
1: <clears throat> Bullshit! Fuck him for being <laughs> stupid.
2: One day you find proof that she was real, despite your struggle to forget. Oh, oh yes.
1: Ugh, like again. That's where this. That's where this song is. A little different from some of the stuff we typically get into, but it does have an echo to Romeo and Juliet in that. Yeah. Clearly, Juliet didn't do anything wrong within the text of that song. No. Uh, Mandy Moore has not done anything wrong within the text of this song. No. And Ryan Adams is left to say, oh, shit. This she bears. Was right. She was a good woman. And I was to Ryan Adams for the moment.
2: This bears repeating. Lovers leave chaos and clothes in quiet corners where you rarely ever go. One day you find proof that she was real, despite your struggle to forget. Oh yes. And it's both
1: things, right? If you find a shirt, that means it really happened. Or if you find out that she was uh, not whatever you made her up to be, so you could feel like you were justified in screwing this up. Jesus Christ. You find out that wasn't true either. I mean,
2: there's, there's a little bit of hope in this because it, to me, it, sometime in, it sometimes implies that the struggle to forget is the wrong thing to do. I mean, nothing's the wrong thing to do in getting over heartbreak. But you if you come well, to terms with... It is the
1: wrong thing to do long term. Of course. Like, you cannot
2: keep it up. If you come to terms with a loss, you can face the fact that the chaos and clothes were left behind as a, as a reminder. And realize that the good times that you experienced aren't tainted because they're not there anymore it's it's a it's a very much better written facebook meme like don't cry because things yeah, ended yeah, be yeah, it, yeah. smile because they they happen
1: yeah you know he smelled that shirt though and that was a mistake boys listen to me listen don't smell the shirt never smell the shirt mm-hmm. If you want to keep the shirt, I'm not gonna make you throw the shirt away. Mm
2: -mm. But you wash that motherfucker immediately. Yeah, you gotta wash it. Do not. I will say throw throw your pillows away because if if uh, get them out of there. If she has a if she has a distinct shampoo, you're gonna want to throw those pillows away. Get them out of there.
1: Get them out. I don't mean pillowcases. I mean the whole Mm -hmm. linens. All linens gotta go.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Fuck it. Throw out the bed. Burn the house down. (laughs) like again I don't want to contradict what we just said you don't have to forget no but smelling that shirt's torture
2: yeah oh and he smelled that shit (laughs) oh he smelled deep just a deep you're in a fight to the death my friend black metal t-shirts your shield you've got the past on your breath my friend now name all the monsters you've killed let's name all the monsters you've killed oof that is the first, like, when you said, I think this is about Ryan Adams, I'm like, eh, maybe, I don't know. But, like, name all the monsters you killed, like, that's a direct reference to a fucking Ryan Adams song. Yup. <laughs> yup. And it is so yep. bizarre, because especially if you look at the live version of this, when they, when uh, Isbel the 400 unit, has Amanda Shires, his wife, always been in the 400 unit?
1: She's sort of a drifter, okay. you know, when, so, when she's not doing her own thing. At Nashville Sound really was the first time that she was fully, fully
2: engulfed in it. So if you look at the NPR Tiny Desk concert with Ryan Adams and the 400 unit, and they do this song, this is, this is not Cover Me Up. This is not a song he wrote for his wife. We've said what the song is about, Randy, uh, Randy Moore and, and Madams. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Adams and Mandy Moore. And the look that they give each other when when they first say name all the monsters you've killed it's like the the way she looks at him is one of pure adoration and love yeah she knows her man's a motherfucker and she get to be with him fuck man anyway there's a there's a there's a Ryan there's a Ryan Adams song uh called I See Monsters and you know go read that we won't go through the the entire lyrics but and
1: the, he, he he got into a period where he was deep into like Norwegian black metal, and he's wearing all these t-shirts all the time. Yeah,
2: like that
1: <laughs> he's painting a picture of it.
2: I mean, there's the, like in in I see monsters. It's uh, when she comes, I know she's the one. Makes me want it harder. Makes me a little stronger, but still, I see monsters and asking him, "Well, how many monsters have you killed?" These these monsters that come up about. Um, you know, you th- you wrote a song about the perfect woman, but you still see monsters. You still you still see negative aspects of this woman. How many of them have you killed? How many of them have you addressed and worked through and not and ha- been a grown up and, and, and overcome? Because more often than not, negative qualities of someone is not their problem; it's yours. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially when it's Mandy Moore, America's sweetheart. Oh my God, she's perfect. She, she is. She's perfect.
2: <laughs> so you know, some people tell me you know the shirt he found was folded up. Oh fuck, it was so folded, but it was folded like even in that like you know department store kind of way.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was perfect. It was. I knew the name of that at one point.
2: Um, yeah, it's that.
1: That's how I fold clothes. Shit.
2: <clears throat> the man she chose to take your place Mm-mm. turns his collar up to better frame his face. Do you know who that is? I, only because you do. There only because is, you told me
1: that is the, the cause like as soon as I, as soon as I get the, the hot tip of, and I'm able to piece this together, like then got to go figure out everything. And so I start looking around for like, well, who's Mandy Moore <laughs> start. Dating I'm imagining
2: astronauts? you like Alan coming in golden eye. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're like twirling a pen around and you're chewing you're, and, and then you put it in your mouth and you're like it's, d- it's not wrong <laughs> you're it's like wrong. it looks like you're hacking but you're just googling mandy moore's bo- <laughs> mandy moore's boyfriend so immediately or not immediately, but
1: after the next person that made the radar with her was taylor goldsmith from dawes
2: never heard of him never heard of the band until you told me that
1: so and a man who definitely wears a pop collar mm-hmm. and who does have a it frames his face perfectly. He's just a just a little sweet little boy. Just just everything great about him was was in that um the Dylan, um uh, the new Basement Tape thing where they found all that that treasure trove of half written Dylan lyrics and they just rewrote them yep. or they finished them out with. Um, Rihanna, Gideon, and Elvis Costello, and Frank Mumford of Mumford and Sons. Uh, we should do it, <laughs> Mar- We should do it, Elvis Mumford, here. and um, and uh, Yim Yames of
2: <clears throat> my morning that jacket. Man
1: who's my morning jacket? Yeah, so he's all over that thing, and he he's kind of the standout because he seems to be just the most regular, cool dude of the bunch. Um, and his Liberty City was by far the best, and he he really, but yeah, just uh, w- seems like a much easier fit than it would be for dealing with ryan adams
2: man she chose to take your place turns his collar up to better frame his face and this right here is probably the second most brutal fucking line how you'd love to hate her but you can't hate somebody you don't know oh no you talk about an indictment
1: like that's taking a stance right there. So is that saying because
2: that he never took the time to get to know her, or that she's changed so much for the better that he he doesn't know her anymore? I don't know. I think I, it's the first, first. I think it's my the first, first
1: instinct is that he just didn't know Mandy more enough, and that's ultimately you know contributed to things falling apart. But what's even the the genius of that is? A, it's an applicable lyric for any situation or anyone who's in this situation, I should say, but also the fact that he set it up with the man you, he's talking about Goldsmith. He's talking about her next man. Theor, you know, thematically, you would think that he would just go with to talk about continuing to talk about the guy, how you'd love to hate him, but you just can't hate somebody you don't know. But that's not what he said. He pointed it back to her. He's meaning this guy's immaterial he he she didn't leave you for him she left you for you and she just happens to be with him now because you didn't know her
2: Ugh. it's uh it's not fun well, um, Cienega smiled am I right guys Jesus Christ did she leave a trail of crumbs so you could find her when you're what you could become.
1: Oh, further indictment of get your shit together,
2: Ryan. And here it is. Or did she know you well enough to realize that garden just won't grow? <sighs> that, that, that garden just won't grow is such a fucking Northwest Alabama. Goddamn phrase. It is like, I can hear it. I can, it's not a phrase. That's not a phrase that I know, uh-uh. but
1: if you told me it was something that I said all the time, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about me. Garden won't grow, bud
2: just won't grow. And, like, there's there's always that, that sense of, like, you know, in a breakup, no matter how, if it lasted a couple months, if it's a marriage that was eight years like it was with them, like, the person that's, that gets broken up with always kind of – and sometimes the person that does the breaking up always kind of is hopeful for that trail of crumbs that, like, all right, mm-hmm. if I fix X, Y, and Z, I can yep. follow this path and I can get back to her or him and – it, it, it's, the, it's the denial phase of the, the stages of grief, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when, especially, god damn, this is just after saying, you can't hate somebody you don't know, where he says, did she know you well enough to realize that that garden just won't grow, that you can't change? There's not a trail of crumbs.
1: And how much worse is it that he left it open?
2: Yeah, but like, hey, did she <laughs> did she leave a like he's he's not telling he, him he's he asking. He dangled the carrot. He dangled the carrot and then hit his ass with the stick. Objection, leading the witness. Like, <laughs> did she leave a trail of crumbs so you could find out? So she could, fi- so you could find her when, you, uh, when you're what you could become. This is a That's massively a, what you could become is just incredible as as a put down. Like, you, you've got the potential, dog, but you're you're fucking around with 14-year-olds. Out
1: here trying to bang 14-year-olds. That's really issue number one, Ryan. we got to get that under control before any of these crumbs get
2: eaten. You're in a fight to the death, my friend. Airwaves, a grand battlefield. You've got your past on your breath, my friend. Now name all the monsters you've killed. Let's name all the monsters you've killed. Um... I mean if you know like you said his his album that came out is about her like the first fucking song. Yep. Yep. So, air... <laughs> <laughs> and then for some reason like this is a very <laughs> like if this song is blood on the tracks then then this one verse this next verse is rosemary is
1: rosemary and... but I, that's the thing I never could crack the the code on that one that bothers me that I never could figure out. Like, I don't, I don't see a reference. There's not a plain reference to anything. So, in there, I really don't know.
2: So in I see monsters, I guess this makes sense, but and I'm just having the lyrics of I see monsters in front of me. It makes sense. Uh, in I see monsters by Ryan Adams. Uh, on the, the album, love is hell. The, the lyrics are colors inside your head go spinning around like a ferris wheel exploding and falling to the ground people are screaming people are screaming my baby she's dreaming so in this oh. so in this next verse by Isbel <clears throat> which is in my sleep I build machines no one ever wants to hear about my dreams last night I saw a burning ferris wheel the meaning's anybody's guess oh yes <laughs> and then of course the next line he says you say love is hell so there you go Lovers leave chaos and close. More debris than you can sort one in one gro- in one go. You say love is hell, but it's the ghost of love that's made you such a mess. Oh, yes. It's the ghost of love that has made you such Ooh. a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to not do that when the word ghost is up here.
1: Yeah, it's a spooky ghost. But that's that's the... It, this this song was begging to end on a killer line like anything less than perfect here would have been a giant misstep and kid don't write bad ones so here you are uh, yeah <laughs> the, the ghost of love that has made you such a mess it is not love that does this to you Mm-mm. it is the death of it not and it's not just the death of it it's the remnants of it yeah it's,
2: it's the, the debris the, that it's you the, can't sort through it's the chaos and close that randomly fucking show up because you don't see ghosts all the time. You only see them when they're, when they're haunting you. And when you're in that place that you rarely ever go, like the fucking closet in the other wing of the room, like you're in a fight to the death, my friend fight like you're chained to the wheel. Do you think that's the Ferris wheel or is this a steering wheel? of The GTO 67 GTO here wrapped on the, I
1: assume it's the Ferris wheel.
2: Yeah. Because it was on fire. And this will's on fire, the band <laughs> now you've got your past on your breath, my friend. Let's name all the monsters you killed now name all the monsters you've killed
1: that's a bitch uh, that's a motherfucker what what is what would be so aggravating to me if I'm Ryan Adams is a a lot of valid points in there it would seem <laughs> um and B it's a Ryan Adams song
2: yeah <laughs> like what do you what do you say to what do you say to Ryan like what do you text what do you text Jason Isbell if you're Ryan Adams are you just like hey bro i get dot, it dot dot <laughs> i get it valid points good song god i don't i don't man that's just
1: a killer i can't imagine I can't imagine what it would be like to have that song written about you when it was written. And regardless, like, obviously, we don't know Ryan's side of the story. I mean, we could I could go listen to Prisoner and sort of get an idea of it, but he certainly is not an unbiased. He's an unreliable narrator. Um, But, man, it would just hurt. It would hurt so bad for your friends to sum you up that way. Accurately.
2: I mean, if oh God, like, uh, of, of course, these are all celebrities. They're used to living life in the public eye. Honestly, Ryan Adams, probably less of least, you know, less so than Mandy Moore. But like, imagine going through this and then a fucking year. I mean, I'm sure Isabel gave him a heads up.
1: I don't know. I don't know because it's possible that those dudes weren't cool at this point. I mean, that's the other part, that's the part that I have no insight into, like, I don't know what the relationship was then, I don't know what it is now, I just know that they might not have been cool
2: Like, Isabel is not on, I, I don't know if the song cracked the top 40, I don't know if it was a single, I don't know if it like you know, was on, it was probably on country radio a good bit, but like you know I mean, I it was my most listened to song of 2017 on Spotify and it's it's very, like, I just can't imagine, like, going through all that shit and, like, you know it's your fucking fault. And then just being roasted by the most <laughs> celebrated fucking songwriter of the last five five to ten years.
1: And also, like, a dude getting, getting the rub that Ryan Adams, Ryan Adams never really got that. Like... I'm not going to I'm not arguing about who's more famous or any of that. What I'm saying is there was never a time when he captured the zeitgeist as it were like Isbel did and
2: um Ryan Adams never got his redemption song. No, R- Ryan Adams like, got lucky by filming a so- by filming a music video for a song called New York New York 3 days before 9/11. <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from him, but that that happened. And that is probably what the casual music fan knows most about him. I, I would
1: agree that you're... I, I think that that's, that's an accurate depiction of history. Um, if
2: you ask me about Ryan Adams, know. like, it's going to be Halloween Head. It's going to be Come Pick Me Up. It's going to be Answering Bell. It's going to be all of gold.
1: Like, gold um, was big. Like, to say gold was not big is is an understatement. But it wasn't... <sighs> It wasn't I, Jason
2: Isbell big.
1: It what? And again, I can't quantify numbers and that kind of thing because yeah. music was so different. Like the music industry was different. I would have to imagine that more people know Ryan Adams than Isbell because again, MTV still existed in two thousand one. And some people think he's
2: Brian Adams.
1: Also, that's a whole thing. And there's a whole famous story about <laughs> Ryan Adams having a meltdown at the Ryman one night because somebody kept yelling play summer of
0: 69.
2: <laughs> and it reminds me of the, uh, which, uh, Chappelle's, uh, when he, when Chappelle, Dave Chappelle came back from his, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, when, when he released a couple Netflix specials like two years ago. And he was like, people say I was booed off the stage. That is incorrect. I did not leave the stage,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Adams gives the guy $35 out of his pocket and says, get this guy out of here. Like, it's awesome. That's like, a fucking that that a baller
2: fucking move. By the way, it is like like he is that is now, big like, dick energy. It is big dick
1: energy. Um, he is known for those kind of stories more than he is the the, the myriad of incredible songs he has yeah, written. I mean, yeah. Heartbreaker is an incredible album. Yeah, Gold. I love Gold. Um, I can understand why some people might Rescue not like blues. Gold. Um, Gold falls off. Gold's about four songs too long. Yeah, yeah, um, agreed. But but you know, there are some other stuff that just gold could it. have been
2: an EP. <laughs> it
1: could have been. It could've. But it, like Easy Tigers, a lot of those things miss for me as well. Like he has as many misses as easy, he does Easy hits.
2: Tigers a miss. Um that fucking song with the video with Cassandra. Give me something good. Cassandra. Uh not uh, Elvira. The, Elvira. Elvira. Oh, her real name's Cassandra Peters. My bad. There you go. She donated, uh, to, uh, uh, when I, my last job on the hill, she donated to my boss out of the blue. <laughs> we just randomly got this, got this, uh, uh, donation. It was like a hundred dollars for Congressman Paul Tonko. And, uh, it was from Cassandra Peters. And, uh, in, in the like comments, it was like, Hey, uh, I used to, I used to play this character named Hellfire <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, right out.
1: I'm the lady from the famous Oak Ridge Boys song. Um,
2: and then he's also the guy that did the remake
1: of the Taylor Swift record, which I just, I don't understand it. I loved uh, it. I loved that. Of course you did. It's, yeah. the, it's yeah, all your worlds are coming together. I just don't get it. I get that. It's a great, I mean, it's fine. He did They're a good cover. good job covers, it, but, yeah. But, you know, I have uh, my own personal issues with cover songs, and especially sure. covers of songs that weren't that good in the first fucking place. But, was that just a track? was that a sneak diss on Mandy Moore? <laughs> was he just yeah. sneak dissing Mandy Moore by doing that? Like, look, look at what I can do with these pop songs. Why don't you do this? You're not a real musician because you don't play an instrument. Watch me. So he is a he is a troublesome character, to say the least. Um he is one of my some of his records are some of my favorites. Like I what I love of his, absolutely love. Yeah. Um, but he is a tough character to unravel. And it does get increasingly more difficult to separate art from artist yeah. with him. And I, I understand everyone who criticizes him. Um maybe he would do better with an editor than he like maybe he makes too much
2: stuff. Yeah, know? it's like it's like you never want to meet David Cross.
1: No, 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 no. Have no interest. <laughs> I don't really want to meet anybody, to be quite honest. I don't like I've I've been lucky in my time of meeting people that I admired music artistically i think i don't want to chance it anymore oh i'm fine
2: i I can't believe i didn't tell this story uh the um when i won free tickets to a jason isbell show at the now defunct crossroads music hall in huntsville alabama um a band a band called liquid caravan opened for him and my i had two friends that played in there and i was about to leave with the girl that i that, that, that i that I, I brought to thing and we were kind of like seeing each other and <laughs> she was she was very drunk and um as i was waiting for her to come back from the bathroom so that we could leave my friend came out of the the backstage and, <laughs> and it was like hey man like uh and i was like hey ryan like great show like you know good to uh good to see you and like you know you, you've just gotten better the last time i saw you and uh, god jason is always so great isn't it and uh, this was the night that Barry Billings was actually playing. Uh, uh, <laughs> he was, playing with, he was playing, playing with guitar, playing with Isbel, and um, and I see past my friend Barry Billings, and um, and he's and he's like, yeah, man, do you want to do you want to come in and meet Jason? And I was like, uh, I've met him before, but like, yeah, like I mean, it, yeah, please. And then. At that time, my my date was uh, <laughs> just exiting the bathroom. Was like, "Hey, you ready to go?" I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna go backstage. Uh, do you want to come?" She's like, "No, nah, I'd rather leave." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I'll I'll see you." I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I had a lot of fun. Let's do it again soon. And so and so I went backstage, and all I wanted to do was just say hi to Barry and then leave. And like that, like that five minutes backstage was more important than like whatever was going to transpire with my date later on. And, and, uh, like, so I go up and I'm talking to Barry and Jason, like, sees me and does not know who I am, does not recognize me. He recognizes me as somebody who, you know, should not be there. And, you know, the entire place smells like pot. Amanda's. Everybody's partaking in everything except for Jason. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's having a good time. And, And Jason comes up and without saying it, he basically says, hi, yeah, hey, who the fuck are you? (laughs) <laughs> and so it was I mean he did he, It was the It was the epitome of Irish diplomacy Like it tells you to go yes. to hell You know so you enjoy the trip But like he, he was just like Hey you know just wanted to see Like who I was It was Because my friend wasn't with me It was just me Talking to Barry And Barry was just like Yeah man like, yeah. Barry was being Barry
1: <laughs>
2: Just doing Barry That's what he does He's Barry he <laughs> That's all do- he knows He's just do- He was doing Barry things Shit yeah, man Yeah he was um, he was a real Jeremy's egg that night. <laughs> yeah,
1: I had after I had moved here to Georgia, I hadn't been home in the longest time. It was the longest time I'd never been home. And um I know the homesick's probably the wrong word, but like it was it was a new experience. Um and Isbel's playing at the Earl. And so I just go to the show and I'm not I'm never gonna try I'm not gonna no, God no, the 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 thought of Of talking to somebody, trying to get backstage is insane to me. That's a Sean move. Larry don't do that. Larry gets in, Larry gets out.
2: I don't try to get backstage anymore.
1: Let the Just anymore. (laughs) Anymore, because you got to get up early, because we're old. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's really what I'm saying, too. (laughs) I'm just trying to paint a better picture. I
2: did wait for, like, two hours by the bus in 2005 so that Weezer would come out, and... The, uh, the podcast, (laughs) the best, the best that I got was, uh, Scott Schreiner, the guy who replaced Mikey Welsh, who OD'd on heroin, uh, the, the bass player and, uh, Carl, the guy who runs the website. Yeah, there you go. But at any rate, so shows going
1: on and this is the first time in several months that I've heard anyone in person sound like I do. Mm Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard a Northwest Alabama accent in a long time because none of my family, he and my wife and children didn't have it. I only hear it in my own head as it were. Um, and it was just so good to hear that familiar drawl. Yeah, man. And it was the first time I heard Alabama Pines. It was just coming out. Oh, wow. And I'm like, motherfucker. That's, I was like, Yeah. Yeah, music's still music's still very powerful But at any rate, I'm leaving And uh, I'm walking back to my car And I just kind of look, the Earl has a, a back porch And I just look And there's Isabel standing there And i was like, hey bud And I'm just going to let it say, hey You like whiskey?
0: So they <laughs> damn sure
1: do And I drank whiskey with Jason Isbel. Thankfully, he don't drink whiskey no more But I still do And we talk about his music on Cold Dog Soup, The Mixtape
0: The ground was wet and the sky was dark you took her bed and she took your heart Wrapped it round an oak tree like you did that 67 GT Oh, oh no Where lovers leave, chaos and close In quiet corners where you rarely ever go one day you find proof that she was real despite your struggle to forget Oh yes You're in a fight to the death my friend Black metal t shirt your shield. You've got the past on your breath my friend now name all the monsters you can kill Let's name all the monsters you have man she chose to take her place turns his collar up to better frame his face. How you love to hate her, but you just can't hate somebody you don't know. Oh no. And did she leave a trail of crumbs so you could find her when you're what you could be? Did she know you well enough to realize That garden just won't grow, oh no You're in a fight to the death, my friend Airwaves, a grand battle field. You've got the past on your breath, my friend Now name all the monsters you killed Let's name all the monsters you killed In my sleep I build machines but nobody ever wants to hear about my dreams Last night I saw a burning Ferris wheel The meaning's anybody's guess Oh, yes Lovers leave chaos and close More debris than you can sort through in one go You say love is hell But it's the ghost of love that's made you such a mess Oh, yes You're in a fight to the death, my friend. Fight like you're chained to the wheel. You've got the past on your breath, my friend. Now name all the monsters you killed. Let's name all the monsters you killed.